In today's video, we're going to look at just how affordable an average family home is in 2021 compared to what it cost in the past. And I think you're going to be quite shocked by the numbers that we talk about here. I'm then going to explain why prices have been rising so dramatically and when they could become more affordable in the future. Although the examples I'm going to use will be in dollars or British pounds, this actually applies to most countries. So you can just convert the pound or dollar sign into whatever currency you use. Despite the worst recession in decades, home prices have been exploding upwards, defying all 2019 forecasts of a decline or a heavy crash in prices due to the pandemic and unemployment. And really the last 18 months has taken most people by surprise in these exploding housing prices. But I'm gonna explain exactly why they have gone up to the extent they have and why these exploding house prices now seem completely obvious when you take into account quantitative easing, we'll talk about that later on, as well as a few other things. By the end of 2020 then, house prices just exploded up. Let me give you some figures here. In the United Kingdom, prices rose by 10% in just one year. United States, 13%. Canada, 10% as well. Australia, 14%. New Zealand, 24%. Just staggering. We then have some other countries. Turkey saw a 30.6% year-on-year rise up to the first quarter of 2021. Sweden, 11.28% during the first year, again up to Q1 of 2021. Romania's housing market has now started cooling off rapidly with house prices falling by 3.28% during the year up to again Q1 2021. Now this is in sharp contrast to the year before where we saw growth of 9.5%. So this is a telling sign, Romania. You've heard me talk about Romania before and how this is a, a large country of homeowners in comparison to other European nations. Now this is key because it's a telling sign that we can look at and we can measure against in terms of other countries who have large home ownership rates. Now the last one on here is Poland. And I'm covering these countries because this is where most of my subscribers are. Poland's housing market is now starting to lose that momentum. And with the existing residential property prices in Warsaw falling by 1.4% up to Q1 2021, which is a pretty sharp turnaround from the year before where it was a 6.5% increase. So what's the outlook then for people that want to get on the property ladder for 2021-2022? Now, before we address that, we need to go over some other points for context here. Even with the risk of a housing crash, and it is a very real risk in the future, I wouldn't say it's in the very close future, but in the future it is definitely a real risk. Property or housing as an investment continues to be one of the best things you can do long term. Now, if we go back 60 years in the United Kingdom, for example, the average house price was £2,530. Now, if you actually equate that in today's money, that's approximately 57592 Now, when I say in today's money, I mean accounting for inflation over the last 60 years. Now, can you imagine spending £2,530 on a house today? That's basically about three months worth of rent. And that exact house 
that your parents or grandparents probably bought back in 1961 for 2,530 pounds is worth about 100 times that, with the average UK house price now today at 255,000 pounds. Let's talk about average income now then, because again, this is a key distinction when you're looking at property valuations and affordability. According to a number of indexes in the United States, the average income in the USA today is roughly $54,000 per year after taxes. So that's providing a monthly wage of more than $4,400 per month. Now this is in contrast to the average UK salary, which stands at just under £30,000 per year, or roughly £2,500 per month, again after taxes. And with salaries like this, home ownership should be fairly simple and straightforward. So why isn't it then? Well, just going off these figures here, in 1961, the average house price was equivalent to 2.6 times the average annual salary. And you've probably heard this before, the example of the grocery store manager back in the you know, 1960s, who on one salary could afford to support an entire family, uh, husband, wife didn't need to work, three children, and they could afford a three to four bedroom house with a quarter acre of land. Now, you've got to ask the, the question then, how has this flipped? Where has all the money or the affordability gone? And I'll answer that later on when we talk about central banks. Because in 2021, the average house price now is equal to nine times, just register that for a second, nine times the average salary. And this is just the average of some of the Western nations. If you then look at New Zealand, forget a nine times ratio, you are going way, way above nine times, 15, 16 times for some areas of New Zealand. Now, this is simply unaffordable. In fact, if the average wage had kept pace with the average house price since 1961, the average annual salary in the UK right now would be £96,000, not £30,000. So you see this huge difference now in terms of affordability. Up until recently, a normal, so this is just your average normal first-time home buyer, would need a deposit of around 10% to actually get into that home, meaning roughly 25,000 as your down payment on the mortgage, just to get you in without taking into account any of the costs. In recent years, the average mortgage to loan ratio, or loan to value as we call it, was around about 82% for most first-time home buyers. So that means then that they would have an 18% deposit or roughly 54,000 down. Now we contrast this to the average home buyer in 2021 being 33 years old. So this is a statistic that has dramatically changed over the last decade. However, when you compare this to the average person in 1961, the average first-time home buyer, it was 23 years old. So again, more evidence that people are being priced out and are purchasing a lot older. Another statistic then, there are now fewer young homeowners than there were a decade ago, with just 38% of 25 to 34-year-olds owning homes today, compared to 55% 10 years ago. So the question is, will the after effects of this post-pandemic crisis financial system we find ourselves in 
negatively affect younger people more than people in their middle ages and older? And I would say the answer to this question is yes. Hi, if you're enjoying this video so far, could you do me a quick favor? Please click the like button. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already, but most importantly, drop me a comment. What do you think about the affordability aspect of the housing market right now in your country? Make sure to put what country you're in so I can see that. I will definitely read your comment. The other thing we have to bear in mind is not just the post-pandemic world that we find ourselves in, but the unemployment aspect as well, which has been disproportionately affecting young people over older people. And here's why. Number one, young people have been losing their jobs in the last year and a half much faster than people that are a lot older. And you've seen me talk about unemployment scarring in some of my other videos. This is another reason why it will make it even worse for this age group. So you talk about millennials and Generation Z, etc. This is going to be much harder for them to get on the housing market because not only have they been priced out with these exceptionally high price rises, now they've been losing their jobs much more rapidly than people that are older than them or their peers. Because it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to, to figure out that if you are unemployed, you don't qualify for a mortgage. But aha, unless you factor in these large financial institutions, because ladies and gentlemen, they will come riding in on their white horse and they will buy up all the houses to help you out and then they will increase the rents and rent them back to you, making sure that you definitely can't afford to get on the housing ladder in the future. Point number two then is excessive rising debt levels among younger people. And because younger people are more likely to be renters than homeowners, again, they're disproportionately affected because these mortgage forbearance plans haven't benefited most people like that at all. And uh, in fact, what the government's announced was a rent moratorium so that renters couldn't be evicted. However, those renters still need to pay the rent at the end of the term. As of the recording date of this video today, the eviction ban has just ended in the United States, which will open up the floodgates now for evictions. But this doesn't end in the UK until March of 2022. Yeah, I'm not joking. This is still going on in the UK, making some landlords absolutely desperate now. And of course, all of these renters still owe the money to their landlord, making the situation just go into a negative spiral. How are these people going to get out of the debt, especially with the job market the way it's going? How will they get out of the debt? And how will they be able to save up a deposit in order to buy their own home? I just can't see it personally, not for the next three or four years at the minimum for most of these younger people. A recent study then found that 46% of renters have lost job income during the pandemic and 15% are now in rent arrears. The number of private renters behind on their rent has also increased by 100% since February of 2020. Point number three then is buying versus renting. And we'll just use some basic numbers here because it's pretty obvious why so many people over the last year and a half have wanted to buy their own property. In the UK, the average mortgage payment is currently £723, whilst the average rental payment is more than £1,000 per month. In the United States, the average mortgage payment is $1,275 per month, 
against an average rent payment of $1,219 per month. However, you've also got to bear in mind, it isn't just as simple as comparing those two payments. With the mortgage, you, a lot of that payment is actually capital repayment. Depending on how far along in your mortgage, at the start it's mainly interest, but as you go down the line further and further towards the end of that repayment period, it becomes more capital intensive that you're paying off. So it isn't a like for like example, and that's why when you're not in this sort of crazy bubble territory, it's always much better to actually buy a property than to rent. So let's get on to the question of why have these prices gone up so dramatically and when may they become more affordable again? So point number one then is low interest rates. You've heard me talk about this before. We have historically low interest rates right now across most major nations. When you have low interest rates, this makes it more affordable because people don't buy a house with cash. They buy it on the monthly payment. So the lower the interest rate, the more house that people can get for their money. This is a false economy because interest rates have to eventually go up. And then those people could be really, really stuck if they have maxed themselves out on the monthly payment, especially if it's with two incomes in the household and one person maybe takes off some time, I don't know, maternity, paternity, these sort of things can have a negative impact. However, if those people have got a long-term 20, 30-year fixed rate, it won't matter too much, and I'm sure most people will be responsible and they will account for this in their budgeting. Point number two then is there just isn't enough houses on the market or what we call low inventory levels. This is very simply a lesson in supply and demand. It's very simple, we learn this in basic economics 101, and that is that if you have a lot of people that want to buy something, but there isn't much of that in supply, the price therefore goes up. If you have it on the other way around, so there aren't many people that want to buy, the prices therefore must come down to meet the market equilibrium. So right now with us not having enough houses on the market, this pushes up the price. However, I do believe inventory will start to turn around and as more houses come onto the market, it should help to normalize house prices. Next has been then the mortgage and rent moratoriums. Whilst this has been in place, it has distorted the market from what would normally happen. If a renter didn't pay their rent for months on end, the landlord would evict them, they'd find another tenant. If a person couldn't pay their mortgage, the mortgage lender might do something with them to help them out, but in most places, uh, people would just hand the keys back to the mortgage lender and it would be taken over by the mortgage lender. But this hasn't happened, so you've got now this build-up uh, going right into 2021. It's probably going to continue into 2022, even 2023 for some houses. But I don't see this turned around anytime soon because sometimes this can take a long, long time to process through the courts to actually uh, do evictions or when it's uh, mortgages where people have defaulted on their mortgages. It takes a long time. And then the other wild card that we have right now that we've never had to contend with before is these large financial institutions like BlackRock in the US or Lloyds Bank in the UK who have, are just buying up huge numbers of houses. Lloyds in the UK is talking about 10,000 houses that they want to buy just in the next couple of years. I mean, this is outrageous. It's morally wrong as well because where does Lloyds and these other banks get the money from? Where do you think? 
It's from you. You deposit your money into that bank as a depositor. They are then using your money. They're paying you almost nothing in interest. They're using your money to compete against you in the open market on houses. Morally wrong, the government should ban it, but they don't. They just allow it because there are too many special interests within this sector, shall we say, and the government just turns a blind eye to it. So I'm sorry to give you the bad news here, but whilst we continue on this current fiat monetary system where central banks can just print money out of thin air or currency more, more precisely, they have no repercussions. They are just a very small board of people that make these decisions. And then the commercial banks are competing with you using your own money to buy houses and outbid you. There's just no way that this crisis is going to end anytime soon, uh, except for one thing that, and that could be a housing market crash where we could see a major correction. But at the same time, if you look at the number of dollars or pounds or whatever currency that's been created in the last year and a half, and you look at the price rises in comparison with your country to that central bank, actually, houses have simply gone up in most countries in direct correlation to the number of new dollars, pounds, euros, whatever that has been created. So although house prices have exploded up in price, they've only kept pace with the amount of currency printing. So I would say that house prices have increased in price, but they haven't increased in value. So many people talk about the value of my house has gone up X amount. I've become really rich from my house. Not really. When you compare it to real inflation, not what you're told by the government and the, the news media, but when you look at real inflation, you go to the grocery store, you look at the, the, you know, how much it is to fill up your gas tank, you start looking at all these things, you look at the amount of quantitative easing the central banks have done, and you realize that actually house values haven't gone up very much at all. It's only the prices in conjunction with the amount of printing. And the more they do this, the more inflation we're going to see and the less purchasing power you are going to get from your paycheck every single month from your wages or your savings are going to get eaten away from all of this irresponsible quantitative easing or currency printing. So I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news on that point, but this is the world we find ourselves in. I really hope and pray that one day we will not be in this monetary system we're in now. We'll have a more free, open and fair system where the rich are not getting richer by trillions of dollars. Yes, that's actually happened in the last 18 months and the poor are getting poorer. So thank you so much for watching today. I really hope this video helped you to understand the affordability aspect that's going on right now in the housing market. Please help me out by liking the video. Just click that like button. Share this video with a friend, family member, whoever uh, you think would, would benefit from this video, any of my other videos. And thank you so much. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Until next time, God bless. I will see you very shortly.